What's up, everybody? It's Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the shop. Um, it is raining outside. You probably hear that in the background. Um, sorry, there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, it's just how it is these days. So, um, yeah, appreciate you for following along, uh, listening, joining in. Uh, still doing the video podcasts. Uh, so. If you are listening to this, you can also see them on YouTube. Uh, and if you are watching these, you can also listen on any platform where podcasts are played. Um, so, yeah, uh, just uh, going through messages and stuff from other episodes. And I appreciate everybody uh, chiming in and letting me know what's up. Um you know, it is it is nice to get feedback. Uh, sometimes, you know, there's some trolls on the internet, and you just gotta take them for what they are. But uh, anyway, I appreciate you guys um, very much. Thank you. And um, you know, if you want to donate, we have a Patreon page, uh, the Binder Boneyard Podcast. You can uh, donate there, and uh, you can also, um, you know, subscribe to Instagram. I have a subscription. Uh, service there where you get some other features and things like that on Instagram so um, you know it's binder boneyard pretty much on any platform so uh, that out of the way uh, gonna jump right in to uh, all about travel alls um, travel alls are one of my favorites uh, you know and not to be confused with Travelers, which are the 76 to 80 long wheelbase Scout 2s. Uh, those are Travelers. We are talking about Travel Alls, the 40s, late 30s to 1975 Travel All. Um, they went through many iterations. They... Um, weren't even called travel alls until I think 53 was the was the start of that name um at least in my experience I've only seen the emblems the travel all emblems on any of that uh 53 uh, the older stuff the L series stuff uh you know the 50 to 52 I don't recall ever seeing a travel all emblem. Um, so that that's where it, you know, gets kind of lost. And then uh, you know, generally the travel alls are regarded as the ones with the all the windows. Um, you know, and they either had a clamshell style uh, rear hatch and tailgate or what's referred to as the barn doors where they open sideways like a barn door um, somebody was creative on that one and so the early ones the 40s if you look back at the k and kb you know panels because i don't like i said i don't think they were called travel alls yet any ones that you see with um windows and whatnot 
a lot of times were done uh, after the fact by uh, coach builders, chassis builders, that kind of thing. Um, and the literature for international back in the 40s is, is harder to get. My MT books, my parts books, don't show much uh, in the way of interior stuff like that for travel all. So it's hard to know if they were um, actually outfitted from international with the side windows and the seats and all that. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure on, on that. But I do know that uh, into the 50s, they did. Um, late L's had you know the side window and seat or version uh and then of course the r's the 53 to 55s that had the travel all emblem they had the three rows of seats uh or two rows depending um the side windows and then that's where the term panel came out which i believe is you know when you're talking about a travel all with no seats and no side glass, they were panels or deliveries. Sometimes they were called, um, I think Chevy's called them expresses or something. And I've had some people message me who don't know international and were looking for, uh, international express parts. And it took some deciphering to figure out what they were actually looking for. Um, because yeah, it didn't make sense at first, but, um, so travel alls, you know, and they came in a couple versions, uh, you know, there was the standard, pretty much everything, uh, up until 54 was two wheel drive, um, you know, two wheel drive half ton or two wheel drive three quarter ton, you know, six cylinders, uh, either three on the column or four speed on the floor. Both were available. Um, various load capacities. Um, you know, pretty much the same instrument layout, same same dash and front half of the truck as as trucks and as the trucks did, the pickups did. Um, so not a lot of difference. And then in fifty three, fifty four when international introduced the factory four-wheel drive in the 140s and bigger uh you saw some one ton or i guess one and a quarter ton four-wheel drive travel alls come on the scene uh those were primarily um mining um oil exploration uh logging timber cruisers that kind of stuff. They didn't make a lot of them. There's very few of them out there. Uh, there's the world famous Woody one that pops up in uh, a lot of places. It's black with the wood side, wood doors. Um, that is a 140 chassis, I believe. It's four-wheel drive and six-cylinder. Um, so that one's kind of the famous one. Um, and you know, like I said, the front of the, of the travel halls were the same as the pickups, uh, same, uh, layout, emblem layout, grill hood, all that stuff is the same. So it's really just from the, you know, back of the doors back is the difference. Um, so then you get into 56, the S model travel halls, 
Uh, now you're seeing um, the four-wheel drive because they were in the three-quarter tons then. So you started seeing a lot more uh, four-wheel drive versions of the travel alls. And again, they were making their way into logging camps and mining outfits and and exploration a lot of alaskan travelers you see a lot of four-wheel drive travel alls in alaska um and so you know and they really kind of had the same basic layout they were two-door um the passenger seat folded so that people could climb into the back um they had the clamshell or barn door style um you know the only really real updates were different motors um, the overdrive transmission was a thing. If you had the three speed on the column, then you had that push button overdrive, uh, that was available. And that was only in the half tons. I never saw that in a three quarter ton. So it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's just, I've seen a lot of these things and the three quarter tons didn't have, didn't have the overdrive from what I saw. I don't know if it had to do with the transfer case or what, but anyway, because I say that because I have a 56 four wheel drive pickup and it's a three on the tree. I mean, non overdrive, of course, but, um, you know, they did make four wheel drives with the three on the tree. It's just that overdrive option. I'm not sure if it just didn't come out in three quarter tons or what, but. Uh, 57 is a big change over year. They changed frames, changed bodies, changed all that. And that was the A model where it was the single headlight with the eyebrow signal. Um, so that's when you started seeing more four wheel drives, um, you know, a lot of half tons. And, and then it started to make that transition where in the 40s and 50s, you saw tons of panels and very few windowed travel alls. And you started seeing more windowed travel alls and less panels. Um, so the, a bunch of changes in 57. You, you got the wraparound back windows. You got the wraparound windshield. You got a third door on the passenger side. So now you went from the just the standard two front doors to the two front doors and the third side third door on the passenger side. The back window um, still was clamshell uh, and tailgate or barn door, either one. But you started seeing more colors, more uh, interior options. Um, now that you have the third door, you saw a different design in the, in the interior layouts. Um, you know, uh, also had, you know, more engine options, transmission options, um, that kind of thing. They got longer, they got wider, the roof lines got shorter, uh, but generally they just were growing like all the other, um, automobiles at the time. <clears throat> Again, uh, you know, the travel all script emblem showed up on the quarter panels and the tailgate, um, just beautiful trucks, in my opinion. The 57s are, are one of the best-looking ones out there, uh, in my opinion. Again, 58's the same as the, as the 57s. And then in 59, you got the B-series travel all, which is pretty much the same as the A, 
um, except you had four headlights instead of two with a change in the marker lights. Uh, dash layout was different. Uh, more colors, more design changes in that respect. But, um, you know, four-wheel drive, two-wheel drives. And now in the two-wheel drives, you had, you know, the independent suspension, the IFS torsion bar setup, or the I-beam setup, uh, which, you know, a lot of people liked. Um, so, but other than that, not a, not a lot of changes. Still three-door um, and all that. Now it was 59 and 60 was the four headlight um, B series. Then you got into 61, which is another big change. Um, so you had the whole front of the truck layout was different. The floor pans are different. The doors are different. They all look real similar, but there are subtle differences in them. And um, so now you have four headlights, but they are horizontal instead of vertical. Um, you could get a half-ton four-wheel drive travel-all, which is a first. Um, you had the introduction of the electric power back window. Uh, that was also a big deal. And then, of course, the fourth door was added. So now you had the driver's side rear door. So... Now you see the introduction of the first four-door, four-wheel drive travel-all. And that, you know, is, like I said, 1961. So years before anybody else. And, uh, and you know, International really paved the way for those kinds of, of things. And you started seeing more, again, more color options, trim, lots of chrome. I mean, it's the 60s. It's the peak the pinnacle of automotive chrome and styling and so it only makes sense that international was on that bandwagon with gm and ford and everybody else uh, i wish they'd gotten on the horsepower bandwagon because i think a travel all with a few hundred more horsepower would be pretty cool uh, but no i mean you had your v8s options with 266 and 304 um, you know your four speeds air conditioning was starting to be a thing it was dealer installed uh, didn't come from the factory that way but you could get dealer installed air conditioning and uh, so yeah it just um, it just uh, they were just updating along with uh, everybody else trying to keep up with the car markets um, 63 changed again uh single headlights um dash change they went to the round gauge style um interior changes again um just kind of i don't know just kept updating it like everybody else did um and then 65 another change interior change the 345 engine became an option. Uh, 304 was the standard. Or I'm sorry. The six-cylinder uh, 240, 241, that was the base model engine. Uh, if you wanted the V8, the 304 was a up model, and, and that's what everybody was going with. They sold so many V8 travel alls back then. 
Um, the six cylinders were great. Like I don't have a problem with them. Uh, you know, and it's funny because by 67, they had the 265 six cylinder, you know, one cubic inch smaller than the 266 V8 that they were offering. Uh, so, you know, I always thought that was kind of funny. They, you know, trying to satisfy both markets with the same displacement. Um, so, yeah, uh, you started seeing 65, I believe the overdrive five speed became available that was a high dollar option but it introduced the t34 overdrive there goes the air compressor uh t34 overdrive five speed to the light car market which uh, i think was unheard of um you know i don't think any manufacturer was offering anything like that in 65 uh again i'm not a world-renowned automotive expert i just know international but i had never heard of any other make doing that maybe dodge maybe but um you know international having the overdrive option was was pretty far out in my opinion um so from 66 to 68 they generally you know other than minor changes with like a padded dash the dash layout was the same, but they added, you know, another uh, brake warning light for, you know, if your parking brake was on or you had a failure. Uh, the chrome changed again. Styling changed a little bit. Uh, but overall, um, pretty much the same, you know, the grill. You went from the round headlights with the round bezels to the big rectangular style aluminum bezels um and that kind of thing but generally you know the layout is the same the four doors the clamshell tailgate or barn door um the seat the back seat i, I left that part out and starting in 63 uh, i believe the rear seat uh, became a fold and tumble style rear seat where you fold the back down and then you could flop it forward um, I don't have a 61. Actually, I do have a 61 travel all out in the yard. Um, I should look at it sometime. It might be a fold-up seat also. I could be wrong about that. Um, but I know for sure by 63, they had fold-up seats. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the, another big change, 69. 69 was a big model year change they went from the round body to the square body the rear doors got even bigger uh, the rear doors are are huge and they open 90 degrees to the body meaning you can fit large items through that back door opening which was again another unique feature You still have the barn door. You still have the tailgate. Now, and the tailgate was improved with um, a retention spring set up so that the tailgate, because they're heavy. So the spring was like an assist to keep you from dropping it on yourself. Uh, also, rust improvements, because you know the C Series has had such terrible rust uh, the cowl, the floors, the tailgate all rusted real bad 
So the D series, the 69s, were uh, improved across the board. And I know everyone's laughing at me because they still rusted like crazy. But, um, you know, the they were just different design. So they thought that they would hold up better. Little did they know it was not designed so much as it was just not putting any paint in those hidden areas. So, um, yeah, the 69, you of course, still full four door, the back door setup, but now you had factory installed AC. You had the option of the front uh, low back buckets with the center console. You had the fold up back seat that not only folded forward like the C series, but it actually folded down. So the cargo area got even larger. So in a D series travel all, you can haul four by eight sheets of plywood in the bed and still have room at the end. Like the cargo area on a travel all with the seat folded up is massive. Uh, we've camped out of them. You know, if you followed along for any length of time, you know about Big Connie, uh, the travel all that we put together that uh, I sold to my friend Colin. Uh, there's actually a walk around video here on the channel. If you want to look around through the videos, you'll see the, the Big Connie video. Um, so, you know, I, I love the functionality of the travel all. Uh, the other thing, too, was that you were, these travel alls were available in the, you know, light duty half ton with the IFS, the standard half ton with the I-beam, uh, then you had the half ton four-wheel drive, the three-quarter ton four-wheel drive, and the one ton and even the one and a quarter ton four-wheel drives. Uh, you also had the introduction of the 392, um, the automatic transmission, of course, that, you know, they started with the Borg Warners in them in the early 60s. Uh, I guess I've jumped that part. Uh, and then in, by 72, they had switched to the Chrysler Torque Flight 727. Uh, so, you know, uh, the five speeds were more prevalent in the 70s because everybody wanted to go faster. The only way to get there was, you know, if you had 307 axle gears, the thing was a dog on the street, you know, and then if you had 410 axle gears, then it, it would take off great from the stoplight but it was terrible on the highway so that that t34 was a big selling point um you know that that kept uh, a lot of them on the highway longer and economy fuel economy got better with those overdrives uh so you just started seeing more of the d series with those five speeds um you know like i said the 392 was an option. Uh, they phased out the IH six cylinders. You could still get a, an international with the 258 AMC six cylinder, uh, which I've had a few of those come through here. Um, so, you know, there were a lot of options. They were just optioning them out like crazy. Um, you know, trim packages from base model, single paint to, uh, you know, chrome and two tone and the wood grain siding and all the trim. And, you know, they were marketing these things towards everybody they could. Um, again, you know, mining, exploration, logging crummies, um, you know, work trucks, whatever. Uh, and then, you know, the, the outdoor recreation market was really exploding then, too. 
um, you know, a lot of advertisements for camping and how you could haul all, you know, your family and all your gear and you could tow a travel trailer and it was better than a station wagon because of four wheel drive and it was a truck chassis and, and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, sure the power wasn't there. Even the 392 with the with 240 horse or whatever the door tag said, I mean, it was really only about 170 at the wheel if you were lucky. And, you know, they they just, they didn't, uh, they didn't have the get up and go that the 440 powered Mopars had, you know, or the, the 396 Chevys. So uh, it just, you know, they, they always, International always had that reputation for being slow and um you know it so pulling all that stuff around they definitely will move the weight but they're not uh they're not as nimble or agile as some of the others were with more horsepower i believe you know there is that misconception that internationals were really heavy um and you know what i hear it all the time all the time from guys that say oh my travel all weighs 9500 pounds you know, it's like I have scaled dozens and dozens of trucks, travelettes, you know, two wheel drive, four wheel drive, travel alls, half ton pickups, uh, you know, all that stuff. I've scaled scouts. I've scaled lots of things to help understand them better. And the heaviest international I ever scaled was a three-quarter ton four-wheel drive travel all and it scaled at 5,900 5,900 pounds if you're in America and my travelette with the DT 360 and the Allison and the Dana 60 front and the Dana 70 rear and the Dooley's and the steel flatbed and all that stuff weighs 8,000 pounds with me in it so I hear these guys that think that their stock travel alls weigh 8,000 pounds and, and it's not true. I don't care. I don't, I don't care what you tell me. If you call me out and tell me that I'm full of crap because your peepaw scaled your travel all one time and it weighed 9,000 pounds empty, like I, I don't believe you. I just, I don't, I'm sorry. They, International sheet metal is 19 gauge, just like every other auto manufacturer sheet metal. There's there's nothing different. It's it's not special. International didn't use 16 gauge sheet metal or you know whatever the wives' tales are. They they didn't. So travel alls are slightly heavier than the pickups because of the full cab you know the full roof and tailgate and that kind of thing but remember they are shorter or as short as a short box pickup so you know yeah you you gain some weight with the roof line and the glass but you lose weight in frame length and in body in that respect so anyway um, but back to what I was saying, they were marketing these things to, as, you know, multi-purpose vehicles, which they were like, I've towed travel trailers. I've towed trailers with travel alls and it's, you know, when you're set up, right, they're not bad to pull with, you know, the short wheelbase is a little bit, 
uh, questionable if you're pulling a long, heavy trailer, but with the good tongue setup and an equalizer hitch, good springs, good tires, it's not a big deal. Um, so, you know, I could see why International was marketing them the way they were. But uh, finally, big jump, 74 and 5. You saw the frame change. You saw the disc brake front axle arrive uh, in half ton and three quarter ton. You saw more gearing options, more trim, interior updates, uh, a dash clock if you were so inclined, um, the lighted dash where the, the switches and stuff. Uh, you saw just more updates. The ABS became available in rear ABS in the half-ton travel alls um, and the half-ton pickups. Uh, coil sprung front end uh, for the independent trucks. They got rid of the torsion bar and went to a coil type setup. Um, so, you know, more updates. The, like I said, the frames got different. But overall, the look of the travel all was about the same other than the grill and hood arrangement. That got a slight change. But you could still use the same fenders from the 70 to 73. Um, again, minor updates. Uh so not a lot to write home about in that respect. But, you know, I think travel alls really helped change the market along like with the scouts. You know, the scouts created a, a market and the travel alls, I think, uh, up until 61, 63, you know, they took the scouts lead in how to design the travel all to be like a larger version of the scout, whereas up until... The 60s, they were kind of their own animal and didn't have a direction, in my opinion. They were going off of, you know, just focus groups and what people wanted. You know, it wasn't until the Scout came out that they really figured that a sport utility vehicle was the market and the travel all just happened to be the big version of that. And you can see it in the advertising. You see it in the marketing. You know, the Scout is the sporty thing. The Travel All is the camping adventure workhorse. Uh, and I agree with that. I agree with it 100%. So, you know, if you are on the fence about buying a Travel All, I would consider you do it. Uh, they're not getting any cheaper, and they're not getting any easier to find. So, um, yeah, Travel Alls are great. I love them. Um, and it, it's just... Uh, they're the perfect all-around vehicle in my opinion and i you know have been known to be wrong but anyway i think we'll wrap that up i uh, appreciate you guys thank you for listening thank you for following in shout out to my dad thanks for watching and uh please feel free to donate and until next time i'm dan from binder boneyard